0: what's up everybody welcome back to the martian and ozzy podcast i am the martian joined by my co-host as always ozzy how we doing this week my man loving it
1: awesome weather you know we're in the mma season like i said last week hot off a uh, uh, awesome uh uh ufc pay-per-view pay- pay- card it delivered for the most part i was definitely you know very interested in it overall and uh some you know some some fights this week much lower profile probably the bellator fight uh, is, is more interesting for some, but um, but yeah, you know, we're, we're in some some opportunities here and a good main event between two guys uh uh potentially could see in a welterweight title fight uh sometime soon, win or lose. Honestly, I think both guys could build up as well, uh, even with a loss. So they're definitely interested in the main event here.
0: Yeah, it's good you're starting things off on a positive note before we talk about this week. Last week's card definitely a good one. I mean, the pay per view, uh, Michelle and Madsen was competitive. Torres and Dern was competitive. Burns and Chimaya was great. Jan and Sterling was competitive. Uh, You know, obviously Volkanovski blew out Zombie in the main event. But, you know, four competitive fights um, that all went to the decision. And, I mean, Chimaya Burns, that alone was worth the price of the pay-per-view. Fight of the year, for sure. So
1: just wow. so much uh, intensity in that fight and, you know, so many stakes, like so much uh, stakes that uh, I just think it, like the energy level for everybody watching it was just like, you know, even if you kind of th- could think that some other fights this year, like uh, maybe the Arosa, um, I forget who he fought. Uh, Peterson, Peterson fight. Yeah, Peterson fight. Even though maybe some people like that fight better, just the stakes here and like all the hype around it, it like it, it just delivered so well that uh, I definitely put it out fight of the year for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't really think he could have scripted it much better. I mean, Burns fought well, made a great account of himself. He learned a lot about Chamiya. Chamiya surpassed expectations. Uh, you know, we saw him tested like never before, but somehow we think he's better than ever before, too. So, I mean, just no perfect. It couldn't script it any better. And um, I lost on the event, though. Ozzy definitely ended up in, in the green. Minus 3.34 units for me. And what about you? What was your official result?
1: Uh, yeah, and the track results, like, ju- I mean, just scraped out of profit overall. I I ended up, I was just trying to go with stuff that I felt very, very confident about. But I did have some plays, like, on Al Jermaine and, you know, some other stuff. But best bet of the week, Mackenzie Dern comes through. Obviously, close fight. But, I mean, I think the right girl clearly won. You know, anyone that, I don't understand, like, the judging, like, how people, you know, see these fights, like, the things that Tisha is doing is just you know it just is not made for fighting like is made for point fighting, taekwondo, karate, all those things. Um, and you know fighters like her, I think, are getting phased out um, and are not getting rewarded by the judges, and I think rightfully so. So uh, you know uh, one one on that one, you know Fluffy Hernandez as well, and then we both took the L on that uh, Jared Vandera fight, which was uh, ridiculous, and then uh, you know dropped a little bit on Dern inside the distance, but obviously we that bet again. You know, as soon as she locked, you know, locked herself around Tisha, she had her in immediate danger. And you know, if they fight um, you know, 10 times, right, she's in a finisher, I think, more more often than she wins that that by decision based on that fight. But I was impressed by the fact that how Tisha was able to stay on top and stabilize uh during that uh, knee bar attempt, you know, I thought she was going to get rolled over a little bit easier, but she was a hundred percent on the defense, and you know, Dern did her thing, and I'm hoping to ride her all the way to uh to to the title, hopefully. So jujitsu for the win. Um,
0: yeah. So a few points there. Uh, you definitely got the better of the head-to-head exchanges last week. You had um, madsen you had Hernandez, and Al Jermaine. While I was on the other three, I didn't. I didn't bet Jan, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, but I, I did forget confident. that I I did. I did end up betting on Madsen. That was that was a good late add.
1: You know, for me, I wasn't, you know, when that was like plus 110, plus 105, I didn't really want to do it, but I picked up some plus 120, plus 125 on him late. Uh, so that was definitely good, but... Yeah, you know that was a good bounce back card for uh for the value boys. You know, the, the, I, I I'd want to see the books like how much liability they had on that like minus one sixty parlay uh that 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 got uh bankrupted by Jan. I'd love to see millions. You know, the, the millions, millions,
0: likely, likely millions, yes, likely millions. And the the sports books that ran a promo on it, like DraftKings, for instance, ran a promo like. Fucking odds boost or something, twenty percent odds boost on that. So they probably cleaned up even more. So, um, but uh, last thing I'll say is I did think that Tisha won, and we did get lucky on Dern. So Tisha um. not won, dude. There's no way she won. She didn't land. <laughs> um, Watch that first round again. She barely lands any. Did thing, she kicked. Like, she kicked her in the tits like five times, dude. She won.
1: What okay. the? You score? I like. How do you score that? Like, I'm, I don't understand how people score that. I, I'm, I'm getting pissed off with the kicks that land on like the arms and you know the hip and you know shit like that. Like, I don't score that. I don't care what the MMA judging says. Like, I don't really score that all too much unless literally nothing else happens, which what, is uh, what happened in the co-main event with Aljamain and Jan in that first round. But uh, Dern was landing punches on her and. I don't know. I, I feel like Dern clearly won.
0: I think that event really highlighted that, like judging and rounds are just so subjective, and like no one will ever, ever agree. The criteria sucks. The judges suck. Fans suck. Like everyone, we always talk about rounds and who won this rounds, and it we just never get anywhere. And it's just, I mean, it's getting to the point in MMA where like if your fighter is, if you think the fight is likely to go to the decision, you have to be less confident in that fighter because the judging is just getting so inconsistent. I agree. I agree. I mean, it's just getting wild. um But if like half your strikes
1: are like inside leg kicks, if you're Tisha Tour, like they better be, they better be looking strong. If they're not looking strong, I'm going to start docking you points, honestly. Like if you land like 28 kicks in like a round and clearly they don't have any effect on the other person, I got to not value them. I just have to. I don't know. That could be wrong. Big John could have a fit. I don't care.
0: Um, but it's uh, enough about last week. Let's get into this week, which happens to be, I think, one of the worst cards I've seen in, in the past several years. I mean, just nothing to really look forward to on this one. You know, hate to shit on these guys too much. Obviously, we haven't seen the fights. They still have potential to be entertaining, but just low stakes fights, stuff that doesn't really matter. Lot of fighters that you know are just completely irrelevant. I guess the main event is a good fight. Uh the these are build up fights. They're,
1: they're, these are build-up fights this week. These are build-up fights. I, I feel like there's many fighters on this card that will have much higher profile fights after they whip whip these people's the asses. Mm, uh, I
0: don't know about that on Saturday. I think like, I think
1: like Pat Sabatini, Pat's gonna get a top 15 guy after this. That's true. You Pat, know, one uh, of the few. If Miguel knocks out uh Fialo, I think he gets a good fight. But uh a few. There's a few in there.
0: Um with that being said, let's get right into this Bantamweight division. Haley Alatang taking on Kevin Kroom Alatang minus one sixty two, Kroom plus one forty two. Uh I'll start this one off. I, I like Room here for a small bet. Obviously you can't go too big. I only went uh, three quarters of a unit. Um, obviously the guy's got 14 losses. He's cutting down a bantamweight here. And we just saw him get dropped at 145 too. So I mean obviously the chin has to be a bit of a question. He can be taken down as well. Alatang does have a decent wrestling background uh, you know, for, uh, for a Chinese fighter. And I think that that's going to be Alatang's path to victory here. The easiest one definitely is going to be to try to get takedowns. Uh, but his top game is not that good. Kroom is dangerous with some submissions. I think Kroom will be hard to control on the ground. Um uh, Kroom is the much more volume striker. Uh Alatang hits way harder. Kroom's gonna have to watch his chin uh, and make sure he doesn't get clipped here. But I mean Kroom was just in a really close fight with Kelleher. He he performed well in that fight despite clearly losing. And uh, you know, I just think Kroom is more experienced, uh, probably the better striker, and he just needs to avoid uh getting finished here. So I like Kroom money line for a small bet. Uh his decision-only line on DraftKings, I think, is worth the play too. Uh, What are you thinking here on the first fight? I
1: mean, Kroom's terrible. I can't believe you're investing in him. Like, you know, him being down at 135, I think is a bad, bad move for him. Like, I mean, he was on the brink of death against uh, Caceres. Like, he just got so gassed uh, in that fight that I'm surprised he's going down to 135. I think he's just going to be incredibly, incredibly weak, which you kind of saw in that Kelleher fight. Like, I think that's like a little, little picture of what's going to happen here. I just think Kroom overall is just way too easy to hit him yeah he came out with a lot of volume against uh Kelleher, but i don't know down another 10 pounds with like the speed that uh Al-Tang has i don't know if that's I don't, i'm not saying out quick but i just think it's gonna be difficult for kroom to have the same kind of game plan here i do think that uh Al-Tang has some sneaky power as well and it's pretty easy yet again like i said to hit kroom so i mean he's gonna have to be super volume uh volume very high Uh, Look to avoid a big power shot coming back from uh, Alatang and then also defend the takedown. So I'll side with Alatang here. I see some more action coming in on Kroom, But I'm not opposed. Like, if it gets way low, I think I would take a stab on Alatang if it got to, like, maybe, you know, minus 140 maybe. But uh, I'm gonna avoid this fight. Like it's it's not very interesting to me, and I think both guys have some paths to victory. But you know, the old, like I don't really see Kroon finishing Alatang, and I don't trust him to keep it vertical enough to score enough to to to, to get a clear win.
0: Yeah, nothing I disagree with there too heavily. Uh, I'm just trusting a uh, decision though. Trusting decision, the American. The decision
1: one, yeah. is three to one. I think that's an okay look if you want to have some action on the fight.
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, or that decision only. I think it's like plus one sixty-five. I mean, if it gets to the decision, I don't think Alatang will be two to one to win. So enough about that one, though. Uh, another fight next. Uh, this is certainly a fight with two names that is happening. Um, <laughs> women's strawweight division. Estella Nunez taking on Sam Hughes. Uh, Nunez minus two ten. Hughes plus one eighty. Uh, what are you thinking about this one?
1: Oof, the classic uh women's mma fighter that it will likely soon be uh 500 um so i mean i can't believe sam hughes is getting another opportunity in the ufc um you know her best performance came against uh you know uh martian's girl uh loma where she still decisively lost but you know maybe made it a little bit closer but i mean the i just think stylistically stylistically this is terrible for sam hughes because uh as a lot of people probably hit on in all of her fights she's not very good in any uh capacity like in any one um discipline and Estela nunez even though she lost in that third round i don't think she won gassed out i just think that uh carnalosi is like very very uh forward focused and it's hard to kind of get your range on her but she was throwing in a, 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 some good uh, one-twos there that I like, that I think she's going to be able to connect on Sam Hughes uh, pretty easily. And I don't think that Sam Hughes has the grappling game that uh Carnalosi brought that will make uh, Nunez uncomfortable from uncorking probably even more strikes. Uh, I think that she has some more to give being a Mu- Muay Thai-based uh, girl um, with some, uh, a little bit more experience as well on the, uh, some other, in other promotions than Sam Hughes. So I actually think the two-to-one is not that unfair. And I think it's in a swell. A little bit more. So, if you're looking maybe for a little parlay piece, you know, I I say this with you know not a crazy amount of conviction, but I do think that uh, Estela Nunez is going to cover that that price and 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 be punching Sam Hughes in the face uh, a lot. So I will go with Estela Nunez, and then more than likely by decision, but I wouldn't be surprised at a big shot uh, hurting Sam Hughes.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I think Hughes is tough enough to stick around. I, I do think this will make it to the decision. Um obviously Nunez is the more potent offensive striker, but I think you can't be betting her over two to one for sure. I mean, she might cover like you said, but it's going to have to be like a prove it to me type of situation because I mean, she just hasn't, ever really covered minus 200 in an mma fight before so i don't think you can be trusting her to do so even though hughes is no good i don't know i I have a little bit of faith in hughes i mean she impressed me versus lomachenko made me or uh loma look with me i'm sorry um basically basically the same thing though um but like she made that fight really close, and like I feel like she knows, you know where her best range is. She's gonna pressure she, uh, Nunez, maybe try to clinch her, maybe get a takedown. And I just think he, uh, Nunez has no footwork to avoid being pressured. You saw Carnalossi just bull rush her way into the clinch there, and she was able to get some takedowns. So um, I don't know. I have I have some minute faith in uh, Hughes by decision. So maybe stab at that Hughes. What is that? Like 350 or something like that. I imagine plus 310 for Hughes by decision. I mean, not very appealing, but uh, I mean, it's going to be a close women's MMA fight that's headed to the decision. So take a stab on the dog or don't bet at all. Um, That's going to move us along to lightweight division. uh, Trey Ogden making his UFC debut. Jordan Levitt as the dog here. We got Ogden minus 150 Levitt plus 130. Uh, I do have a bet on Ogden here. Um, got in on him at 120 and he's now 150. So clear CLV. Um, you know, obviously, the people saw that I bet it and, you know, thousands of people jumped in on the line as well. That's why you're seeing it moving. Um, but, you know, Levitt obviously is just kind of a, a goofy fighter, you know, uh, goofy personality. But the way he fights too uh, is pretty silly. Uh, his striking is. is virtually non-existent just throws out some weird kicks on the feet and obviously the guy is looking to grapple um he is a decent submission grappler but i'm not impressed by his wrestling i'm not impressed by his top game he's not the type of guy to take you down and to pass and to solidify a position and and to get a a submission that way he kind of just snatches submissions in weird positions so i mean he's good at that he's opportunistic um but uh, Ogden, I think, has the tools to outstrike him on the feet. Uh, clearly, I think Ogden's jab will be landing, and I think uh, Trey will just outstrike him. Uh, and you do see Trey looking to hit takedowns in a lot of his fights, and I definitely think he has the wrestling skill to take Levitt down. It's just a matter of can he avoid that guillotine, that front choke, which we have seen Ogden caught with a few times uh, by Thomas Gifford, of all people. He got guillotined by Thomas Gifford two times, so that's a huge red flag. But uh, going back and rewatching those fights, I think that Ogden has made some pretty clear improvements since then. He's training with uh, with Kraus out of Glory, and you know where Kansas City. I think um, so. I, I think he's getting a lot better. And if if I were him, I would try to avoid the wrestling. Why why take the fight to the ground and give Levitt a chance to submit you? Just uh, sprawl and brawl, keep the fight standing. Jab Levitt on the feet, stuff the takedowns, and I think he is capable of doing that. So um, I'll, I'll side with Trey here. Can't be overly confident considering he is making his UFC debut. But if you want to take some hedge, there's a perfect hedge out there. It's Jordan Levitt by submission at plus three eighty, which I think is is you know very generous. Um, so Levitt sub combined with Ogden money line, I think is going to be a way to guarantee some profit on this fight.
1: Yeah, you know, earlier in the week. What
0: are you thinking here, Ozzy?
1: Earlier in the week, I was feeling this Trey Ogden side. um, And I was thinking that, I mean, that he would, I don't know, find a way to win. I don't know how, but, like, either by top gaming, uh, Levitt, or maybe just keeping it on the feet. But this guy's stand-up sucks. Like, he's definitely not comfortable in striking, like, you know, exchanging punches. I don't like how he stands and everything like that. But the same thing goes for Jordan Levitt, right? Obviously, this guy is terrible on the feet as well. But like, like you said, this guy, I mean, he knows what he needs to do to win the fight. And I think that, uh, Trey Ogden, obviously in those, uh, chokes that you mentioned, like, it's just panic. Like you can't be that great of a grappler and be getting caught in submissions like that. In my opinion, like when you're not even like trying to roll flip out of there, you know, any of those things, especially after he was talking a bunch of shit after that first fight that he lost, I think. Um, and then in that subsequent fight that got him into the um, promotion where he fought that guy, J.J. Ostevich or whatever, I mean, J.J. just, I mean, his grappling is just not there at all. I think Jordan, if his cardio is any better, I think that he's going to be able to ch- take Trey Ogden down at some point. And then the issues I think will happen if Trey tries to get up incorrectly. So, I mean, I'm not going to be- have a bet on this fight on the money line side. I do think that jo- that Levitt submission no line that thing that has I think that's a good value there because, you know he 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 know he has a, a few different submissions that he's able to to lean on um from you know top control front headlock or potentially taking the back um I think that's a that's an okay side to be on if you if you want a little play here um Ogden I think at this price here you're you kind of getting into a territory where I think he's a little bit untrustworthy like I don't think that he's in a fight that optimally. Um, but I do, I do think that he has the ability to get on top of Jordan and, you know, replicate the uh, Claudio pulas uh, um, game plan, but I'm not sure if he's going to be able to get a finish here unless Jordan is, uh, tires out significantly. Um, and like the line is moving in his favor for sure. I do think that he was the right side earlier. But, I do think that some value opens up on Levitt soon. I just think that he's gonna be able to take Trey down because I really haven't seen too much of Trey's defensive wrestling, so um, I'll probably just side with with Jordan here just to oppose you just to give us a little you know a little heads up action but no 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 money line bet for me
0: um yeah, I mean Levitt sub was one seventy against Pulos, two hundred against sales, and now all the way up to three eighty I really don't get it so um. That's enough about that one. We got uh, another interesting fight, I guess you could call it. Uh, Heavyweight division, Martin Bidet making his UFC debut. Chris Barnett, the legend. Um, Yeah. I'm pulling off the lines on best fight odds. We got um, Bidet minus 230, Barnett plus 195. What are you thinking about this slop fest heavyweight Um, fight?
1: Yeah, I mean, people obviously uh, going back in for the fade of – of chris barnett which i remember last time you know i was at the event where he spinning heel kicked uh what's it called um you know uh my boy volante uh to just two back-to-back awful performances by volante but um you know people were very confident in you know getting that win in the last one and obviously it didn't go their way you know but day the issue with him is i mean he's terrible like this guy is not a good heavyweight um he doesn't like he's not as imposing as you would imagine he is um and he's fought pretty low level competition overall like chris burnett definitely best guy he's ever fought i mean chris barnett has got a lot of experience like just across promotions across continents like he's fought a lot of different guys at heavyweight um and he's i mean that uh rothwell fight you saw he was he was hanging in there for the most part i think um day the most likely finish would be him getting on top but then again he's like not that strong of a grappler like he might just look to clinch chris barnett although he is 265 so he is like you know a big big dude but i just don't think he's as potent of a finisher as obviously his record uh indicates and action has been coming in on that over uh on the starts round two, so you know people are going to be on that hopefully chris barnett does not screw that up um i i I think that if anybody did mess it up it'd be him i got no confidence in this dude uh bidet to go out there and put a licking on uh on barnett early so i'll side with that total over but i would not um i i don't trust this dude bidet like i wouldn't i wouldn't touch him at any of these prices so
0: but people laid a good number early i guess yeah i'm in agreement with pretty much everything there i mean bidet uh his money line price has gotten out of hand. Uh, I'm on the starts round two here. Uh, did get that at minus uh, 125. It's already at 135, but I still think there's some value there. I mean, Bidet to me seems like he, he likes to lean on guys against the cage, kind of slowly open them up, grind them out. Obviously, he finished his contender series opponent right at the end of round one. But he also has several opponents that made it into round two. Uh, a really terrible opponent, uh, Dietrich, that made it into round two. And Barnett, I mean, he's tough. He's not really looking for a way out. Uh, He's not really that, like, the Charles Bennett tier of of fighter yet. Um, But, you know, he definitely doesn't really seem to have any way to win the fight, in my opinion, Barnett. I mean, huge size disadvantage. Uh, His strikes, I mean... There's just no real substance behind them. His spinning kicks are really the only strikes that he's landing. I mean, up until that Volante fight, like up until the final strike that landed, I think he only landed one other strike in that fight, and it was a spinning back kick to the body. Like this guy's punches, he just has no ability to to cover distance because he's so short and stocky and slow that he just can't, his arms don't reach his opponents, literally. So I, I don't know. I mean, I see it being really... uh Hard to imagine Barnett winning the fight, uh, but I mean it's also impossible to trust Boudet' UFC debut. I mean, a lot could happen here, but I think Boudet is going to lean on him against the cage, take him down, grind him out. And a, a line that I think is crazy here is Boudet by sub at five fifty. I mean, knockout is is what minus one fifteen. I mean, B- Barnett is tough at least, and he did get beat up by Rothwell and then eventually submitted. Right, like. I mean, he is liable to get submitted. So I, I say take a stab on that Boudet sub, maybe Boudet sub round two, round three. Those should have some juicy numbers like plus 1,200 or something. Um, so, yeah, that's my way I'm playing the fight. That's going to take us next fight. Uh, I'd say one of the more interesting fights in the card, you know, probably one of the closest line fights in the card, right? Near uh lightweight fight, Jesse Ronson taking on Hafa Garcia. uh minus one ten him. on both sides here. Uh, so yeah, closest line fight of the entire card, um, for, for good reason too. I mean, I think the, the consensus opinion here is pretty common that, that Ronson has had the better career, much more experience, probably the better skilled fighter, but he is, um, coming off of almost a tier layoff. He's coming off a of PED suspension, um. Uh, he's dropping down to lightweight in this fight. So there's a lot of question marks around Ronson. Um, but the last time we saw Jesse in the ring, uh, I mean, he looked sharp. I mean, he, he took a, took on a welterweight in Dolby, a tough, a tough guy. Um, tough journeyman type of fighter and you know dropped him hard finished him with a nice rear naked choke and i just think jesse is a pretty slick southpaw striker the guy's got good boxing i think he's uh got some decent kicks as well and i i, I see ronson as the more uh, diverse striker than garcia garcia uh, his game is kind of the same in every fight he plots forward uh, he's mostly a headhunter he doesn't really throw any other strikes besides punches to the head and he likes to wrestle. He is a decent wrestler, but he doesn't keep guys down. He is you know, known for just hitting takedowns and letting his opponents pop right back up. He he only holds guys down for like 30 to 60 seconds maximum. And I think Ronson's takedown defense, his get out game are good enough that I, I'm not too worried about him getting held down here. So I think this will be a striking fight. It's going to be the Southpaw Ronson versus the Orthodox Garcia. I mean, it's going to be a lot of you know, punching each other in the head. And I'm just going to be tr- trusting Ronson as the more experienced fighter. Um, I think the fact that he's the better kicker, Ronson uh, will play into this fight. Maybe some leg kicks will be landing. And I just think Hoffa isn't too comfortable against southpaw. As you saw, uh, Nasrack gave him a lot of problems from the southpaw stance. And Natan Levy was even uh, giving him some trouble on the feet. He won round two there in the striking. So I like Ronson here. Can't be too confident in the guy considering the layoff, the, the weight cut. Uh, the, the USADA suspension and everything, but hopefully the guy's still on that good sauce. Hopefully he's, uh, still, uh, you know, near his best form. And, uh, I think you got to trust him here for a, a little, a small bet one unit, one and a half maximum.
1: I disagree. I'm on the other side. I mean, this is a zigzag fight here because I bet on Ronson last fight against Dalby and I bet against, uh, Garcia in his last fight against Natan Levy. But I like that you mentioned that, um, you know, Hoffa has had some experience against Southpaws, which I do like. Um, I mean, he's training with a lot of good guys. And I hear his, you know, his grappling game is, is is pretty good. Like, he's pretty tenacious. He's got a little submission game as well. And overall, I mean, this is a fade for me on the Ronson side. I mean, I, I do like Ronson skill-wise. But, like, I mean, he does – he finds – he's another guy. He finds a way to lose fights. Like, I don't know what happens. Like, what goes on uh, when, he, when he's fighting – why is this guy calling me? Um, what goes on when he's fighting – but uh he's four and like three and seven, four and seven in decisions. I'm not sure which one it is. Um and yeah, and he's lost a bunch of split decisions, like he's just not that great of a fighter in the third round. Uh absolutely. And I just feel like the pace that uh Garcia's in a fight uh is, is very, very optimal to his game. And uh with Ronson being out for like two years almost, I think that. I don't know if he's ready for for the fight at lightweight also. He's been a, a guy that's bounced around the weight classes uh, often, but I feel that if this is fight's going to decision, I think that um the wrestling of uh Hoffa Garcia is going to be able to win him rounds here. And then I think on the feet like early on I do think Ronson could, you know, maybe uh you know look look pretty good, but I think that the transitional fighting that they're going to do is going to favor uh Hoffa Garcia. I think that Ronson's liable also to like dive onto a neck like go for a guillotine when you know he's getting taken down and stuff like that that'll uh, cause him to get stuck on his back and i just feel that american wrestling that like you know american wrestling i should say um is gonna be too much for jesse ronson at the end of the day Um, And Hoffer Garcia is just super tough. I don't think that he's going to get hurt with anything Ronson's uh, throwing at him. Uh, We know that Nicholas Dalby does not do well against Southpaws and he got caught in that first round. But I think uh, Garcia, he's easing his way into UFC now. I think this is a good matchup for him. And I think that he's going to pull away and get a decision win. And I think I'll take him for a small bet here and then uh, also invest a little bit in uh, him by decision.
0: Nice, good to get good to get some uh head to head action here. We'll see who's ne- right next week. Uh next is a fight that I don't think we'll spend much time on. The biggest favorite on the card uh in the lightweight division, Jakar close taking on Brandon Jenkins. Jakar minus eight hundred, Jenkins plus five hundred. What are you thinking here? Horrible fight, horrible, horrible fight.
1: Um, I think this is a gift um from from the matchmakers to Jakar Close for for the stuff that happened to him with jeremy stevens um i mean i'm not betting on this fight like you know i i I heard some people say that maybe you take uh jenkins uh ko because it's like 10 to one um and jakar has been hurt and stuff and like i mean if you're back and your neck is getting herniated off a shove like maybe you're getting a little bit fragile maybe stuff is catching up to you but i just think close is in a kick this guy's leg he's gonna throw jabs he's gonna you know when dec- he's gonna be cage pushy like i'm not this is gonna be the bathroom break fight for me you know i'm much more excited about this next fight than this one so i'll keep it short there i think uh, i would probably lean towards someone uh jakar uh finishing uh jenkins because was it jenkins no jenkins flying need a guy in one of his fights so was it wasn't him i don't remember but jenkins i feel is a guy that if you if you throw do attritional work to him like calf kicks and body shots i think this guy will fold so i'll pick your car um hopefully by finish so we could get on with the card
0: yeah, I mean I'm in agreement there with everything. One thing though that Jakar said is that, like he's still still dealing with like severe injuries from that shove. Like I don't understand how you can just admit that in a, in an interview and just be, Oh yeah, I'm fighting like completely injured. Um but I mean, Jenkins is terrible, um, but but close is a guy, you know, no pun intended, always in close fights. This guy's always going to decision. He is always getting taken down. He gives up his back a lot. I mean, for a guy with a college college wrestling background, he's not a good wrestler at all. So I don't know. I mean, it's definitely a dogger pass. I mean, Dracar is not a guy that has ever covered minus six hundred um so obviously betting him is out of the question it's it's money line uh jenkins are pass, and then you just look for a prop in this fight like you said i could see uh you know jenkins wilting late like he did against Zurong. rong uh and he he got subbed by Zurong rong there and close by submission is 13 to 1 on bet online so that seems like a decent you know flyer, that sounds good that a decent sounds good flyer something bet. to
1: root for yeah, yeah, yeah. To for. I mean, there's
0: no real path to it hitting, but I mean, it also isn't out of the real the, the realm of possibility. So um, next fight, women's Bantamweight division, actually a rematch here, the Battle of Sweden. We got Kians had taking on Lena Landsberg. Uh, Kians had 425, Landsberg plus 325. And Landsberg's first fight in almost two and a half years hasn't fought since January of 2020 uh that was a loss dominant loss to Sarah McMahon there. Um so they have fought before it actually it was like ten years ago and uh Panny was the one initiating the grappling there and Penny, um you know was able to take her down and out grapple her pretty easily but when the fight was on the feet penny didn't look very comfortable with the clinch battles i think landsberg actually won uh, obviously i expect this fight to look a lot different uh, penny's boxing has gotten a lot better i think panty's going to you know box her up at range um the only way the landsberg can win the fight is by getting it into the clinch getting a ugly grinding clinch cage pushing type of fight which is where almost all of landsberg's fights take place i mean if you look at her past five or six fights i mean all of them have a lot of grappling in it so and it's not out of the realm of possibilities that the kianzad obliges that that sloppy grindy cage push type of fight and this could turn into a close decision um so i mean penny i feel like she has the capability to finish these women like she hits hard she's a good boxer she just never really pours it on so i mean penny's knockout props always looks like intriguing but it just never really comes close to hitting but Another spot here, Penny, knockout, plus 550. Landsberg is coming off a two-and-a-half-year layoff. She's 40 years old. Um, she's going to be at a big striking disadvantage here. You, I could see Landsberg just getting hit with some shots and kind of wilting and, and giving up there. But uh, what what are your thoughts there? I mean, obviously, I think the only, only props that, that are interesting here are Penny, knockout, 500, and Lena, decision, plus 500 as well. You have any interest in either of them? These are two girls that makes
1: me highly question um, the le- level of athlete that c- will ever come out of uh, Sweden. You know, Hamzat Hamza not, uh, not, not included because uh, obviously he is uh, Chechenian. But uh, these two girls are low-level athletes. And uh, because of that, and me seeing that Lena Landsberg fight where she uh, was able to get on top of, uh, of uh, Macy, Kind of makes me think that I mean, and I know Lena is coming off that baby, and you know all, all those kind of things. But you saw her last opponent give birth, come back, and you know t- take down Carol Rosa and dominate her. You know, look. The overall thing is, you know, Lena is very very slow and panny. I'm not saying her she her hands are quick, but she's got she's much more straight with her shots, so it's easier for her to land. But I think, like I said, with uh the brandon jenkins fight attritional work here i think could do a number on Panny. so you saw alexis davis start chopping at her calf and uh made her really uncomfortable but that was uh too late in the fight for her to take advantage of it i think lena has to do stuff like that get in the clinch like you said potentially look to get on top but like i mean Panny, i could see Panny just busting her up with a jab just you know over and over and over again early but i lena's a tough like this lady's tough like i mean i, I wouldn't be surprised if like her next uh job is like she's like warden of a jail in, <laughs> in, in sweden or something like that man because this girl's greedy, gritty she's tatted right and you know i just think that she's gonna be she's gonna be able to uh you know make the fight a little bit close like maybe i'm gonna i'll take like a small flyer it's like a, a fight like you said, rematch, you know, it's like for top Swedish uh, women, women's MMA fighter. Yeah, queen, queen of Sweden. So, you know, I'm, I haven't been impressed with any wins that I've seen Pani, uh, uh put out there. She has no finishing ability for the most part. Um, so, you know, Lena's got an extra match. That's impressive. Did she finish her? No, that wasn't impressive. No. Dude. That wasn't impressive. But uh, Pani, uh what's it called? Um, Lena's got more mouths to feed i'll go with her maybe like a little tiny 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 play um to hope for her to make the fight gritty and you know penny just doesn't pull away that late very often like she's not that great in the third round but she looked okay in that raquel fight i don't want to shit on her too much but this is a crazy price like i don't think there's another girl in this division. like how many girls are you lying Panny at minus 400 against in this whole division
0: yeah because in the raquel fight Panny started well in round one but then round two three uh raquel started just pushing her against the cage and kind of clinched her and won the fight that way it's not unfathomable that uh, it doesn't happen here i feel like i, I can see a clear win i can see a clear win for Panny, but
1: i just i just can't support this kind of pricing on you know yeah. like her
0: um but uh, hate to be mean though. Looking at Lena's Instagram, I mean, she looks really old. Like she just I need looks to look, like an I, old. I I, I haven't look. done any any of my Instagram capping on this fight.
1: There's 14 fights on the card, so I'm gonna do some of that just to make sure. Maybe I won't touch. Pain. Uh, <laughs> um, what's the name, Lena? baby's make you old though. Does she look l- in shape?
0: Um, she's not really posting her body that much. <laughs>
1: I'll be on on the lookout. I'll be on the lookout
0: for that. I mean, she just looks ancient. I'll send you it right now. But all right, enough about that one. Heavyweight fight. Both these guys moving up to heavyweight in this fight. um, You know, should be an incredible fight. Uh, Devin Clark, William Knight. Devin Clark's the favorite. Minus 180. William Knight's plus 155. William Knight just got his ass kicked by Max Grisham. And what is it? Less than two months later, he's already back in there. Um, I I said the same thing about... uh, uh Hansen last week, it's like they lose a fight and they think, Oh, if I change my weight class, that'll fix everything. I don't need to improve my skill at all. I don't need to get better as a fighter. Let me just change my weight class and get right back in there. I think this is a terrible strategy. But uh I think it's your turn to start this one off. But you, you want to yeah, sure. talk about this Sure. Yeah. Bit? So
1: I mean I mean this is a <laughs> this is a funny fight because the fact that both these guys are a heavyweight now I just think it's hilarious. Um you know but I mean I really want to bet on Devin Clark. Like I really do. Cause he's used to fighting guys like I mean he fought Alonzo Mayne. I mean this is like a like a like a like a circle jerk between these guys. Um, and they're just like, all right, you guys just fight a heavyweight. We were gonna set you guys up at light heavyweight, but just do it a heavyweight. And Clark was like, all right, sure. So I mean, I really want to bet on Devery Clark because I feel like on the feet, like I mean he's not good on the feet, but like he'll stay defensively sound. Obviously he took a beating from Kurilaba in the last fight, but grappling wise, I mean he's just so much more technically. Uh above william knight uh in in the wrestling sense that you know i really want to bet him but but, i mean you just have like pictures of william knight just you know like a william knight fight just ending chaotically and him coming out with a win and i like rooting for thick Willie. you know thick Willie and i we're in the same fraternity all right i'm not gonna tell you which fraternity at it but we're in the same for so i want him i like are you to succeed um no but uh uh, I, I like for him <laughs> branded. I like for him to succeed. Um, but I do think this fight one, I'm gonna tell you right now, I think it's gonna go the distance because Devin Clark, unless Devin Clark's dad like really, really, you know, puts that energy or maybe goes in there to fight for Devin Clark, like I just don't see Devin Clark having. Like the intent on the on on hitting Willie to 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 finish him, unless he gets him like flat on his back, like bottom mount, something like that, which could happen. Because Willie, what he does is he does the big maneuvers in the grappling, which could you know could work out right against a lot of the mental field. It kind of worked out, but it could also end very very badly where the guy is able to counter you and get to an angle, which I think is one that's going to happen here. I think I see a lot of Devin Clark being behind Willie here. I see a lot of like clinching here, you know, uh Devin Clark with the underhook, you know, trying to get to his back and stuff like that. So, I mean, at minus one seventy, I actually think that's kind of, that's that's pretty fair, like to to get in on Clark. And you know, Willie, I mean, there's no way Willie's gonna win a decision here against Devin Clark. Like, I'd be flabbergasted if that happened. Like, Devin Clark should retire if he loses by decision. But the book's got that price like that. I think that Devin Clark's a good money line play, but you just got to try to lay like as little juice as possible cuz Willie could definitely, you know, detonate on his shin. But after that could a fight, I think that Devin's going to be more timid and not give as many opportunities and I think he'll uh, he'll end up winning the fight uh likely by uh decision. Uh, I
0: think I I owe uh Thick Willie here an apology because looking at his Instagram, I mean this guy is active in the gym. A lot of footage of him doing MMA stuff. Also, I mean this guy is like lifting an insane amount of weight every day. I mean he he's squatting five hundred eighty five pounds on Instagram, and I don't know. I think he, I think he's definitely going to be the better suited guy for heavyweight, right? Obviously he he weighs more, more muscular. I mean I could see him being a harder guy to take down and hold down. I mean, we saw Brundage take him down, wasn't able really to get any dominant offense off because he's just so, you know, explosive and hard to hold down. And, uh, you know, he's got that short, stocky frame too. And I I don't know, I feel like that's going to be hard for Clark to get takedowns here. Knight should have a pretty, uh, you know, I'd say 15-pound weight advantage, although that is to be determined. Uh, but I could see I could see Knight weighing into like two forty-five, two fifty here, while Clark is probably gonna be in like two twenty-five, two thirty. Um, so I mean, obviously the logic and the skill points towards Devin Clark winning the fight, but uh like you said, I mean, Knight's fights just end chaotically. He's always got that bonk, that power that he can just, you know, end dudes with. And Clark has been bonked several times throughout his career. I mean, the dude's chin is not good. Um, and I don't know, I just feel like I think a lot less needs to go right for William Knight to win the fight. While Clark like, likely needs to win two out of three rounds, he needs to get takedowns, he needs to stay safe on top, and uh, I mean, obviously, he he could do that. Uh, he does have the better skill, um, and logic points to him winning the fight. But I don't know. I'm just I'm weary still. I think Knight could pull this off. The heavyweight move I think is a little better for Knight, so I would be weary. I would, you know, this is not a fight I'm really interested in betting at all. So um, I do agree with you what you said about the the, the the decision for Knight, I mean, that seems really unlikely. So uh, you might as well take Knight by knockout if you're taking him plus 360. You get, you get an extra $2 uh, for his knockout prop. So I think that's the way to play him. Enough about that one, though. Uh, next fight, welterweight division. Uh, interesting fight, late notice fight here. Uh, we got Ang making his UFC debut, taking on Mornier Lezez. Lezez is the favorite minus... Uh, let's see 185 lusa plus 160 and um uh, you know i think i think lusa is probably going to be the side here obviously we have to say that he did fight on april 2nd so two week turnaround here and i don't like that because um i just don't think the mma fighter's bodies are meant to fight two times in two weeks like that especially considering he went the full 15 minutes he didn't really take any damage in that fight but he cut weight uh, two weeks ago, he fought the full 15 minutes. His body peaked out during that time. And obviously, you got to think he took a few days off after that, you know, didn't train, was eating unhealthy. And now he's got to get right back in the mix, um, you know, start dieting again, get that weight down, cut the weight, and then go another full 15 minutes uh, potentially. So, if this was full camp for Lusa, I think I would be even more confident in him. But I still think he's going to be decided this, at this price because uh, I, I think Lazez is still getting overrated uh, from that one win he has against Abdul Razak Al Hassan. You know, Razak, not a good fighter. Lazez did look uh, solid in that fight, but obviously you saw him severely overrated the next fight, got destroyed by Warley Alves, and now he's still. A, a decent favorite here who was he supposed to fight uh before this got canceled ozzy do you remember was was it chaos williams um, michelle not, Pereira?
1: no fuck it was so, no
0: it was um God oh damn, diego I'm like, I'm lima trying to look it up now no it wasn't no it wasn't that diego was that was a, it no, was uh, zaleski de santos that's right um does would have fucked so. him up um mm-hmm. but uh I think lusa uh, what i see from lusa is just uh, you know, a smart fighter i mean the guy knows how to bank rounds he knows how to conserve energy uh his striking um isn't the the highest volume right he's not looking to throw a whole lot of strikes in the feet he's mostly looking to wrestle take you down lay on top i, I do see a little bit of lay and pray from him but uh, i mean fuck it the guy's winning rounds he's winning decisions he's conserving his gas tank well i just think he's fighting with a very risk adverse smart approach and i think that that's a, a good fighting style i I mean, not all fights are going to be entertaining, but he's going to be winning fights. And, um, you know, I think that he can take uh, Lezez down. We did see Lezez taken down by a guy named uh, Van Dijic or something like that in one of his recent fights. Uh, so I'll, I'll take Lucy here. You can't be overly confident um, because of the really short notice here. But I think he's got the wrestling to to give Lezez problems and to win two out of three rounds for a decision here.
1: Yeah, I like Lusa here. I mean, this dude, Lazez, just not good, man. Like, he he came into UFC off of, you know, the Saudis got him in here or, or, or whichever. There's a Sheik that is in, you know, in his camp, I'm pretty sure, that got him in here. Um, and he sucks. I mean, he's not good. He got taken down by uh, al Hassan, who's got no cardio, um, and, and um, Lazez was able to take take the subsequent uh, next uh, few rounds. It's his first fight, I think, like, outside of the... Um, uh, what's it called? Like, uh, being over there in the you consider the Middle East? <laughs> How'd I forget the Middle? That's where we all started. How could I forget? But yeah, outside of the Middle East, uh, it's like his first fight ever. Um, you know, Luce is here on short notice, but that fight against John Howard it wasn't that uh difficult of a fight. Um, I think he showed like. I mean, I think he sold down a little bit in that Jack Madalena fight, but that fight there were—it was like a pick. It was like pick 'em odds. Uh, I think maybe Madalena was like minus 120, maybe. But um, I thought he looked okay in that fight. You know, he 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 uh, mounted a comeback there, which I like to see. You know, even though that um uh, uh, jack was landing bigger shots on him his wrestling definitely looked to me like it has improved right in the Madelina fight i was like yeah i don't know about his wrestling here but in the howard fight it looked pretty good he was finishing takedowns well uh on the feet i think he he's all right like he he um his defense is not bad he doesn't put himself in that uh that bad of uh uh situations um my favorite bet or I bet that I like also in this fight is for it just to go the distance. I think both guys will come out not timid, but I just don't think they were going to come out uh hyper aggressive. I think that there will be some clinching here. You saw that in that Worley fight, right? When Worley like just came out uh Lizze's and you know they were in the clinch for a little bit and then even when that knockout came, they were against the fence. This is a smaller cage as well. So I think Lusa here, the takedowns that he's shown, I think uh will be good for him. I think he's shown pretty good cardio, uh shown some durability uh overall and a pretty nice will to fight um so i i i do think that uh this should be a little bit closer here uh because you know alizez is 34 years old he he hasn't fought in a year that was an awful loss like that was just like a uh Beta energy loss, like he just was not ready for a dude to come at him with that aggression. I think Al Hassan, that fight was a lot uh slower of a pace because Al Hassan had missed weight; it was down at one seven. You know, all those kinds of things that he was looking to conserve energy a little bit, even though he did take Lazzez Le- uh, down and and do stuff like that. So I think Lusa here is the, is the side. I, I just only thing withstanding is the potential weight cut, like you mentioned. You know, him him maybe not, maybe blowing up a little bit after that Howard fight, but I gotta bet on him, I'll tell you, and I I think I'll add in that uh goes a distance and maybe a little small stab as well on Lusa by decision. That's like plus three fifty. That, that that price is just incorrect. So, you know, I think you could play that if you want to uh, just a plus money play on this. Uh and I think that uh this potential for him to either hold Lazez down, you know, take him down multiple times, or if for it just to be a competitive striking fight, because I don't really think Liz has actually Great power for uh, for the 170
0: division. Another line here, Lusa by sub, plus 2,000. I mean, he had a fully locked-in arm triangle on Jack Maddalena there. Um, you know, Madalena survived somehow, but Lusa sub. For a guy whose game plan is grappling, I'll take sub, 2,000. Um, enough about that one, though. Uh, next fight, uh, featherweight division, uh, one of Ozzy's favorite fighters. Philly Zone Project Pat, as he likes to call him, Pat Sabatini, taking on TJ Laramie. Um, you, you definitely coined that phrase, Pod Project Pat, right? That's all you. I mean, of if course. anybody says that they owe they owe some some uh, copyrights to Ozzy here, but we got uh, Sabatini f- minus five hundred, Laramie plus three seventy five. Uh, your turn to start this one off. You thinking your oh. boy rolls here? You think this is a tough matchup?
1: Yeah, I'm not, i I don't really think it's a tough matchup. I mean, the only redeeming thing i've there's a few well there's a few first tj laramie's brother if you don't know him he's pretty good and he fought some kid on the lfa a few fights ago a few events ago where i was like whoa like this dude is related to laramie and it looked to me like like, i don't know like laramie could fight the same way but i don't know why he does not you know laramie does look like he's in pretty good shape this fight but i I think this guy should be a 135er overall i think that you know, once Pat, you know, the thing is, Pat is just so patient of a grappler overall. Like, he's not rushing to get these takedowns, but I think when once he grabs Laramie, I just think that Laramie's, he, Laramie's going to look to, he's going to make it more difficult than, like, I think Lutz did a little bit. Um, but because Lutz was just so defensive, like, he wasn't looking to attack anything uh, in the way of, like, stopping any of the progression or getting back up. Uh, Lutz just didn't want to get submitted um overall but he posed no threats at all i think laramie he you know coming off those losses and stuff like i think that he actually has a little bit better grappling than he's shown but i mean Sabatini, i mean i'm telling you this guy's good a good grappler like people want to laugh they're like oh Uzi, he submits." yeah dude you know what he submits a lot of motherfuckers okay a lot of them okay almost most of the guys i've ever seen this guy grapple Uh, He submitted them. Uh, And, you know, he's just very, very strong. Uh, He's got great cardio as well in this 145 division. I mentioned he could go down to 135, but at 145 without sucking himself out as much, he just has much better conditioning, very, very strong into the third round. So I think he's going to squeeze TJ Laramie at some point, put him down on his back, you know, and then work work his way to the finish. I don't know at what round it's going to come in, if it's going to be very, very quick. I mean, uh, Pat, by submission, I mean, it's plus 175 that's not great i usually like a a, above a two to one on a submission specialist especially given that laramie's a bit mobile mobile on the feet but the issue is that his strongest points have been uh his grappling like he's uh, always gone to grappling or very often has gone to grappling and obviously that's not going to work here at all so i think pat probably f- cooks this guy and finishes him later on because I think Laramie's a little bit of a quitter. Like the fact that he uh, tapped to that choke by uh, Minner so quickly, a uh, very, very bad, bad sign here. But, I mean, I may fight this. These odds have swelled uh, uh, tremendously. So I would only be looking for a prop here. Like I said, that uh, submission or, you know, under maybe, you know, doesn't go the distance, something like that. Because I do think that Pat here is being set up for um, a little bit more of a clear run up to the top 15 or the top 10. And I think that he's going to be looking for a finish here, uh, if you know what I'm saying. So, uh, so yeah, I, I look that way and, uh, and, and, and pick Pat pretty confidently here to win. But as parlay fodder, even now, uh, at minus 500, that's that's a little steep.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess the money line's a little steep, but I also really don't see any uh, advantages that Laramie has in this fight. I, I kind of just see him as a worse version of Sabatini all around. Um, Guy's got a really weird frame, too, kind of like a short chubby frame i don't i don't really know but i mean he did look in good shape if you saw some pictures of him on on instagram he does look like he, uh, he's in much better shape than in the past so uh, maybe we're writing laramie off too bad uh, too early considering he did just have a really bad loss to minner uh, but still hard to imagine him having much of a path in this fight um the props um i mean laramie sub 3500 i mean you can't be too wrong on that. I mean, it's a fight that I think will have a good amount of grappling. We did see Packet caught by uh an omoplata once in his career. Uh, another prop <laughs> is an um bar. it was I think it was an omoplata.
1: It was like a straight arm, by the He broke his arm.
0: Um that's true. That's and, another, uh, that, that James
1: James is though James is insolves. really good compared to
0: Yeah, yeah. He's really good. Bill Algio beat him. Um Sabatini though, knockout plus 900 sabatini has knocked the dude stiff on on content on uh cffc before and uh you know maybe we're gonna see like sabatini looking to work on his striking a little bit um i don't know i just think that sabatini is a real intelligent fighter i i don't see him losing this fight it's just a matter of what method he's going to win by um and i don't really have a clear uh a clear Read or, or lean towards whether it's going to be uh, inside the distance or a decision. So, not a fight I really see too much interest in. Maybe Sabatini in, in round three. What is that yeah, at? Yeah, I, uh, think, 1100? I, I think I'm going to try like a Sabatini 2 3,
1: you know, prop just because I think Laramie's going to have a moment here. Like, he's not a trash can 145er. He's not like the yeah. worst guy in the roster. Um, so, I think he'll probably, you know, be mobile. Early on, land some punches maybe, but pass them and track him down. I think, and I'll, I'll do the two three submission or uh, finish, and you know, hopefully that'll cash.
0: Weird matchmaking though. I mean, I feel like Lutz and Emmer's are ahead of this guy, Larrabee, and yeah, I mean, guys have been dropping out of this fight against
1: Pat. Like I think he was supposed to fight Tucker Lutz, or not Lutz, uh, Tucker Lutz. Gavin uh, Tucker, 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 Gavin Tucker. Yeah, these Tuckers and one other guy, and now they have him fighting this guy. So
0: I don't know. Um, going to kill Gavin Tucker, that would have been an easy fight. That would have been a much closer closer line. That would have been interesting. Yeah, that would have been a good good line to make money on. Next fight is... The worst fight on the card by the, the worst fight ever, possibly, um, because it has Wu Yan'an in it. And uh, this is women's bantamweight division. Bueno Silva taking on Wu Yan'an. Same line as the last fight, minus 500, plus 375. You know, you got to give some credit to Laramie because he, he has a better chance to win at plus 375 than Wu Yan'an does. But I mean, Wu is, is so fucking terrible. Literally one of the worst fighters that has ever made it into the UFC. I mean, the UFC should feel embarrassed that they continue to give this woman fights. Um, and I just see no upside for Wu. I mean, even, I mean, Bueno is going to butcher her on the feet, right? We we all know that. I mean, Bueno Silva hits much harder. The only way that Wu can win is grappling. And Wu couldn't even out-grapple Jocelyn Edwards, who was one of the worst grapplers on the roster, as we saw in the Rose Clark fight. So, I mean, I really think Wu has no chance outside of some armbar miracle and another the only way that you can bet this fight though is is props because you know obviously you can't take a minus 500 women's money line uh i think that's the silva yeah silva by knockout plus 650 on DraftKings, and also her Round 3 prop. If you remember uh, Silva's fight against Montana De La Rosa and against Mary Mirage, she was beating the shit out of both of them in Round 3. So, the woman's got reliable cardio. She can stick in a tough fight and, and grind out some high output late on. So, I like the Silva knockout prop at 6.50 and then look for the Silva 2-3 props too as well. I think she could whatever Silva knockout round 3 is, it's probably going to be like 30 to 1. Take a stab on that cuz I think that's actually a, a really good stab on this one. Yeah, funny fight, you know. I'm a fan.
1: I'm a fan of uh of oh, bueno yeah. Silva. Uh-oh. Obviously, I'm I, I'm <laughs> no, Bueno Silva and obviously I'm a fan of uh Gloria De Paula. So, I mean, that's my dream I got dibs on that. If anybody that you know if they're ever looking to experiment, I got dibs. but um I, I just think I just think that woo, like I, I don't know, like could she do something to like make this fight like a little more dirty? I don't think so. but she has had some kind of close fights overall, um, and she hasn't been finished in any of them. And you know they're hanging this uh plus one sixty or 165 on Silva to finish her, which I do think is possible because Wu, like you said, she's really bad grappler. Not, not that she, she just puts herself in bad positions and uh, Bueno Silva will go for like the guillotines. You know, she'll go for like that front choke and, you know, she'll throw up armbars. She'll throw up submissions. So, I mean, I kind of want to back Bueno Silva to like submit her or, you know, something like that. But I just can't do it at, you know, it's plus 300 on FanDuel is not bad but i feel like they're trying to bait me a little bit you know in there um because woo like i mean she could i guess if bueno silva's like trying to go for submissions like I wouldn't be surprised if Wu's was able to, like, stay on top and, like, not get submitted, like, if they did fall to the ground. But I think, like, Weno Silva would eventually get up because Wu can't hold her down, and then they're going to keep fighting from there. So I'm just in the past in this fight. I don't want to donate any money to the books, um, potentially, but I, I really hope that Weno that Silva could finish Wu just so we could cut this lady. Like, this girl's not... Like, why is she in the UFC? Like, no, the, her fights aren't exciting. She's not good at any anything. Like, there has to be some better Chinese fighters, women, that uh, t- to get into the UFC. Like, what's going on here? So, uh, I'll I'll, I'll pick Bueno Silva, but another bathroom. Uh,
0: DraftKings Bueno Silva knockout round three plus thirty five hundred. I'm telling you, that shit is hitting. It's Oof. the investment opportunity of a lifetime. You can make thirty five times your money, and I'm telling you right now how to Man, do it. Jostle
1: Network's free. landed jocelyn edwards landed 30 more strikes than Wu. i don't know bueno silva turns up the pace yeah. yeah maybe maybe a little stab on uh club and sub just be so oh yeah. pissed, but plus 700 for uh ko is pretty good uh
0: next fight uh sort of interesting fight uh i mean this card sucks but these these last three fights i guess are aren't bad um we got the welterweight division miguel baeza minus 185 andre Filau. Plus 160. Feel out let us down a little bit against Pereira. Started well, ran out of steam there. Oh, you got any faith in uh feel out here? Or what's the what's your reading? Both these guys, both these guys tremendously
1: let me down in their fight because you know, obviously I was on Andre Fiat, like he was looking great, plus 250 dog against uh Pereira, and then fell off a cliff, and then that third round ended up being close. And then Baeza, I backed him uh small against uh chaos, and then I invested in him live because I thought he was looking good in that third round. And he's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to just keep – what was it? He just kept throwing leg kicks. I don't know what, what happened there. Yeah, yeah. But he should have won that fight. And
0: knocked out.
1: Yeah, he should have won that fight, and he he put himself in danger. And, I mean, bro's got to chill is the main crux of it. Like, use more skills than leg kick, you know, left hook. Like, come on, man. And, you know, this guy's got a jujitsu jitsu black belt. I was skeptical a bit of his jiu-jitsu black belt. Maybe I still am. I'm not sure. But I think Andre Fialo, honestly, his fate, is the same as another sanford guy uh sean soriano and like i just i maybe it's just these guys can't win ufc fights like it's just not meant to be you know and uh henry hoofd going into that third round against pereira he's telling him he's like hey man like this is like this is not basically this is not cutting time like this is like the where the fight is won and he just couldn't get it done i think this is a good matchup overall you know both guys are strikers have good uh you know some pop on their uh punches, have good leg kicks. Um and I mean Andre Fiallo showed a decent chin overall. So I do think it's gonna be a little bit difficult for Baeza to get him out of there. Um and I don't really agree with this uh KO line being so low. <laughs> Excuse me, for Baeza. But I think I have to avoid this. I feel like this is a very high variance fight. You know, there's potential for Baeza to, you know, push push Fiallo back with his jab and leg kick, and then you know, shoot in on a takedown. And uh, from there, Fiallo has shown he's a little bit weak on his back. You know, he's not the worst. Like it's not like it's an insta sub uh, for Baeza, but you know, he he's shown some susceptibility. Like he fought that guy uh, Glyco. Um, in pfl i think he was getting taken down for the majority of the two rounds there um but then again you know Baez is not reliable to go for the takedown and if he doesn't i think this fight is kind of close because it's just like a you know muay thai kickboxing fight from there and uh fialo definitely has the ability to win that uh especially given that um baeza is not that high of a pace fighter i feel like you know he throws strong strikes out there but he's not gonna really drown you overall like you're gonna have opportunities uh to hit him back and uh, put the fight back on your script like you saw that uh santiago ponzinibbio fight so i think i just avoided this fight overall if you're playing like DraftKings, i think you'd have to you know have some of both of these guys in your lineups um but uh but yeah maybe a live entry here again like if one of these guys you know depending on how the fight's playing out but, uh, pre fight, I'm, I'm just going to avoid it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have too strong of a conviction on this one. M- my read on Filao though, is he's probably like a no score cards type of fighter because it seems like he's winning most of his fights inside the distance and he doesn't have the best round winning ability, doesn't have the best cardio. And, uh, you know, he, he could have won that fight against Michelle. It just, you know, really took his foot off the gas, didn't have much success outside of round one. Um, but, uh, he was like minus two sixty or something at the end of round one, and then just completely fell off a cliff there. So, um, you know, I, I feel the same way about by easy you did about chaos. I mean, I did think he was coming on well in that fight, but you're right. He just needs to, you know, fight a little smarter, stop getting in such chaotic exchanges. Um, you know, he was in uh, that wild fight of the year against, uh, Ponzinibbio. He got a little too confident in his chin and then chaos Williams hit him with some shots and knocked him out. Um, so, you know, Baeza, his chin though has always been a little suspect. He, he got rocked by uh by Matt Brown. I feel like he might have gotten rocked before the UFC too. So, I mean, Filao does have the power to probably hurt this guy, but I feel like outside of a knockout, I I don't see Filao uh winning the fight. I think that if it makes it to the decision, if it gets into the second half of the fight, that should favor the uh Baeza side. Um, and he he just has much more strikes. I mean, he he has good leg kicks. He really did, uh you know hurts guys legs with those kicks as the fight goes on. And didn't didn't you say something like Philal didn't throw like a single kick at all versus Michel Pereira? Like he just I don't know why he just what like was going on there. Punch. He just threw punches the entire time. The guy's offense terrible, just dude. isn't that good. That yeah, so I, I just feel that Philal is not that smart of a fighter. He could win by finish. His no scorecards is plus one seventy. I think that is off. I mean. I don't think this fight two out of three finishes for Baeza. I don't think that's right. I think plus, it's more what, like,
1: 70 for no scorecards. You said,
0: yeah, that's what that means it is. mean. No, I mean,
1: Fialo um, not winning a decision. He's not
0: winning yeah, decision. I I agree, and it might even be a different price on DraftKings. Let's see what it is. DraftKings, uh, we got out plus one fifty. So yeah, Draft uh, Bet Online is the way to go. Uh, on no scorecards. That's what I bet against uh, Pereira too, and it worked out fine. Oh, uh, you nice. know, refunded the bet. So, um, next fight. Uh, middleweight division right uh interesting fight here two ufc fighters making their debuts fresh off the contender series um two of the more interesting prospects they signed from the contender series we got gadji omar gadjev i nailed that prediction and then we got kyle Bo- bohio the uh, the r's are silent you guys got to remember that it's not Baralo, bohio uh Omar Gadji of minus one thirty one, Bohio plus one eleven. Ozzy's been getting on me for my pronunciation lately, and I think I, I I did the necessary research this week and I nailed the the pronunciation. Would you Would you agree with that? Yes, very. I can't say that Russian guy's name, so you you got that shit. Yeah, uh, you could just call him Omar probably. Um, yes, Omar. But I think I think it's funny how like his first name is Gadji, and then in his last name also has Gadji, but whatever. Um, so. To me, watching their last few fights, I'm a little more impressed with Bohio. honestly. Uh, Omar Gadjeev, I mean, all three of his fights, he's taking the guy down, dominating them from top position. Uh, he got Mounted Crucifix a few times with smashing dudes. He looks, you know, pretty solid on top. He, he knows how to pass. He knows how to do some good uh, ground and pound. But just the guys he's fighting are, are no good. They, they go right down from the first takedown. They don't have any ability to get off their back. So sure. Omar Gadgev looked good, you know, taking them down and smashing them, but the guy hasn't faced any resistance. We have no tape of the guy facing any resistance at all. Uh, you know, that, that half ass knee bar that he hit on the contender series, that, that shit was weak. I don't understand how that guy tapped so easily to <laughs> that he didn't really have any resistance to that knee bar. He just let his knee get torn up there. Um, and bohio uh his most recent contender series fight um i don't really draw much from there but the aaron jeffrey fight is the one you really got to take a look at because jeffrey uh, is a solid middleweight i think he'll probably be in the ufc in the next 12 months for sure um and, you know, Ohio showed a really well-rounded skill set there. I mean, he he got the better of the striking exchanges, uh, you know, fast stop on the feet, got some nice boxing. Doesn't really have, like, a reliable offense, but when he throws strikes on the feet, he looks good, uh, good technique, uh, you know. Just looks pretty smooth throwing strikes. And then we um, uh, Jeffrey attempted to get some takedowns. He attempted to push the fight against the cage. And Ohio spent some time with his back against the cage, but he defended well. He knew how to get off the cage. He circled well to get back to distance. Uh, and then he also hit his own offensive takedowns and, and did some good work from top. So to me, I've seen uh, Bohio fight the better opponents, show the better well-rounded skill set, face a little adversity and, you know, keep the fight going. And uh, we also seen Bohio win uh, three round decisions. He has a five round decision win. So I think that he's a little more proven late in the fights. And I'm just skeptical of Omar Gadjeev. I just don't think the guys fought in any good competition. And like, what does it look like if he gets one? of his takedown stuff what is what's it going to look like um and his striking gadget uh is just real wild and you know not very technical he just gets in some wild brawling exchanges and i don't know i, I think bohio is cleaner everywhere he's more tested looks like the better athlete um so i like bohio here uh plus money on bohio i think that's the, the the way to go i probably would line him slight favorite um so yeah that's my thoughts what are you thinking
1: yeah, I kind of came. I came to that same conclusion over like the last like two days. Like I was observing this fight, you know, quite a bit. Um, you know, like you said, you know, Gaji, like, you know, some of these guys that he's fought are just not very good at all. You know, the last guy he fought before his contender series fight, you know, was a kid who was like twenty years old at the time, and you know, Gaji couldn't even finish him. You know, on the ground, I think I don't think the guy, the guy was like a little scrambly on bottom, but overall, you just could tell that. You know omar was a uh, much much stronger than him overall uh and, and was able to like circle around his guard and stuff but but not able to find a finish and other than that i mean his level of competition and you know the activity and you know all those things are are, are not very high overall you know this guy is a little like i don't know he, he looks a little pudgy to me at 185 as well um and and overall i i like what i see from um from kyle um You know, coming into this UFC uh, career here, you know, I think this guy, you know, southpaw striker, obviously, you know, pretty, pretty nice reach overall. Um, he's well-rounded, right? Uh, you saw in that Aaron Jeffrey fight, you know, Aaron Jeffrey was grinding him against the fence, but two things: one, you know, Kyle comes out really, really hot in that fight fight you know I think he's circling around very quickly uh he's he's snapping off uh some some good hands there as well and I think it intimidated Aaron Jeffrey uh and, and it ch- uh, made him choose to do that grindy you know clinch uh, style fight and you saw that judo come out at one point where uh he lands uh he lands a throw uh Kayo that is and lands like Uchimada or, or a Haragoshi I, I'm not very good with my Japanese even though they they stuck me in there freshman year of high school. I hate them. Um, but 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 yes. Yeah, so what you, you learn
0: Japanese in high school?
1: Yeah. I, I walk into freshman year of high school, they give you your uh you know your schedule and stuff, your program. Uh and first period, what do I got? Japanese. I was like, God <laughs> fucking damn it. Um, you know, it's terrible. So but then I, I changed into Spanish, but that was a that was a tough year. Um, so, so yeah, so, you know, I think he showed that, that those throws in there, um, he was able to peel, uh, Jeffrey up, uh, on numerous occasions and, and, In, in range, at range. I think this guy's pretty good. You know, he, he, he's aware of the strikes that he wants to throw out there. He's got pretty good feints. He changes levels, uh, when he is throwing some of these strikes. So I think he's going to be tapping, you know, busting up, uh, Gaji's fit or Omar's face, uh, with the jab, uh, pr- potentially land that left hand and, and Omar, I just don't know, have any, uh, Feel on what this guy's gonna look like on the feet, like you said, um, after either like you said um, a defensive a takedown or in like the second or third rounds, where I think people are kind of discounting and thinking Kyle is gonna slow down, which I don't really think that's gonna be the case because Omar, I mean, he doesn't push that great of a pace. When he's on the ground, I don't really think, like, the control is okay, but he's never really fought a guy like Kyle who is, from all accounts, a very good grappler. Um, And I think he's going to be able to use the cage to get up. I think Omar, you know, he pushed, like, that's how he gets his takedowns, like, against the cage and stuff like that. I think Kyle's going to be able to keep an underhook, uh, work his way back up. And I don't really see... um Omar finding a finish over Kyle. I'd be very surprised at that. So I'm leaning towards the Kyle side. I'm going to take him. I think this line potentially could flip or go to pick him here. Um, so I'm going to ju- just jump on it now at plus 115. I think I could get right now. Um, I just think better striker. I don't think that uh Omar has fought any southpaws for the most part, right? That might throw off his uh his takedown ability as well and his entries um, and I think Kyle's gonna be able to, to potentially land on this guy you know as he tries to come in you know and rush in and this guy he's not comfortable on the feet at all he'll throw a few power strikes out there but I think Kyle's gonna be able to to, to, to scare him off with some feints you know and then end up starting to land a more uh, significant uh, punches um and I don't and if, another thing last thing uh Omar was on top of that guy and contender you could tell he couldn't like there's no way he's passing that guy's guard like he didn't even attempt or come close and his ground pound looked kind of weak to me and then what does he elect to do he goes for that heel hook and transfers it to a knee bar i don't really think that's happening here i think even if he does land on top there's potential for this to get stood up uh and and him to even lose the round even like off of from kyle on his back or from you know kyle working earlier and uh and omar uh you know getting the takedown and i might look at People have been talking about these split decision props. Kyle by decision, or you know, or, or adding on by uh, split decision. I think that'll be interesting, um, because I think it could be a very like Kyle by split decision, fourteen to one. So p- someone hit it because it was sixteen to one. Now it's fourteen to one. But Kyle by decision only, like just decision, you could get almost four to one on that. I think that's pretty good. He's a, he's a very cerebral fighter, but I like him overall at, on his money line as well
0: yeah i mean we haven't seen bohio on bottom but considering his offensive grappling i think there's good reason to doubt he's a, a good well-rounded grappler so
1: i think the damian, a, the damian maya uh i don't know what that was he just but, looks
0: like a cool dude too with the neck tats you know like i just yeah. don't see him losing you know yeah I agree. um main event time welterweight division rematch uh first fight was about six or seven years ago luke knock him out in 90 seconds here we are getting the rematch uh vincente luke minus 171 balal remember the name muhammad plus 153 and uh you know interesting fight definitely the best fight on the card by a pretty large margin i think it's uh, a decent time for a rematch um i feel like Vincente is getting a little bit of a step back you know he he just finished Kiesa on a pay-per-view i would have thought that he would have been you know rolled to a higher spot here but i'm not mad about the matchmaking i'm i'm excited for the fight it's your turn to start it off though uh what are you thinking about this main event
1: very interested in this fight I, i've liked what i've been seeing from Balaw. you know i I've been like a little bit lukewarm on below, like his whole UFC career. I remember, I think the one of the only times I was against him was uh, um, against Lyman Good, like with conviction. I just thought that Lyman Good would find him with power shots. But I mean, below, he's just super steady, man. He comes out, volume based approach. Obvious uh, volume based approach. Obviously, he has the wrestling that he's been showing, and he's been growing uh, with that. You know, I know he's been uh, working with, uh, you know, kind of like Khabib, like the Ali Khabib team. He's been working on his wrestling there, and I do think this guy is a potential contender. Like, I I don't think he's an easy fight for anyone, which is why I'm a little skeptical about this line. Like, you know, people obviously he he knocked out, um, you know, Balor pretty easily the first time, but I mean. It it was just like a quick fight, boom, tap him on the chin, left hook, you know, nice counter um, to finish him off here. But, I mean, you know, the thing is with Vicente is, like, he goes into, one, he goes into wars. Two, often ta- like, it, it's easy to hit him. Like, the other guy hits Vicente just as much as he hits you. Um, And, you know, some of these shots that he's landing on these guys, like, it's with reckless abandon. And it's because, like, the other guy is, like, electing to just exchange with him. Um, and I don't really think that Bilal is going to do that necessarily. And I think that Bilal is much um, more adept at like putting the fight, like I like I say a lot of times, on his script. Like, so if you're, you know, you guys are exchanging, he's very good at timing when he wants to go in for a takedown and then completing those. And Vicente, I don't think he's got very good takedown defense overall. I don't really think he even like i think he's almost at the point where he like doesn't even care like you should have takedown on him he's like whatever like he, I, he he might not even wrestle that much um and and to defend these takedowns um but on the feet even it's just so easy to hit him that i don't really know how you you could favor him this heavily and added to the fact that you know i know the sensei has some late uh finishes like some round 2 finishes some round 3 finishes but I just think that he's not going to be able to finish below as this fight goes on because below his pace just stays so steady. That, you know, once he's able to draw out uh, some of the strikes from Vicente, you know, put some strikes of his own on him and probably, you know, ground Vicente in these early rounds, I just think a lot of the gas is going to come out of Vicente. I think he's riding high off of that win over Chiesa where, I mean, that was just an embarrassing performance by Chiesa. I thought it was more what Chiesa did wrong than what Luque did right. Um, And then you look back at some of these other fights that he's had, like he went to war with Nico Price, right? A lot of guys that are very... um they don't bring a layered approach right like what the hell is Tyrone Woodley going to do to you at this you know point in your career you know what i mean like what's um what's uh like randy brown he's just looking to strike with him the one time randy brown did look for a takedown what happened he put him you know flat on his back you know mike perry you know Derek krantz had this guy's back you know for for in the first round very easily and then he gassed and gave it up you know brian barbarina he's going life and death like they were going at it you know in that fight and Barberena, like again not no takedown so he's not he's not fighting guys that have a ha, ha, have a multifaceted approach so i'm leaning back the law side pretty confidently just because this is a five round fight and i just feel like people are seeing that first fight where he landed a you know a big shot on him um but other than that knockout you know below's gotten stunned a few times but he's he's stayed in there like you know Lyman good hurt him like i mentioned but Oh, and, and obviously the Leon Edwards fight that showed, that, that was like a little bit awkward for Bilal just because, but Leon was so quick and that he's much faster than him. And being a southpaw as well, Um, you know, I think it was a difficult style matchup for Bilal, but I don't think this is a bad style matchup for him. Um, I think he knows what's coming at him. I think he knows what he needs to do. Um, I'm not liking that the Ramadan thing, like what's going on with that? Like, is he going to weigh in at 10 a.m., 11 a.m., and then, you know, hold the weight until... Uh, 7 p.m. at night that that's kind of scary for me but i i saw someone post that ramadan fighter fighters that have fought during ramadan uh are like 15 and 2 and both losses are by uh al hassan but that's very subjective. Like nobody knows like who's observing uh like you know vehemently and who's not. And I don't even know if Bilal's in a chug of water after, right? Like, come on, Allah, like you know, we're trying to push Muslim culture, right? Like, you know, let the guy drink a little bit of water. But
0: um, Allah should make exceptions for high level MMA fighters. I agree, right. I
1: wholeheartedly agree. And I'm rooting for Bilal, and I think he's a side here, man. I think this is a good money line value, uh 40% for, for Bilal to beat Vicente Luque in a, in a five rounder. I just Vicente just I mean he looks tired to me sometimes in these later fights like in that uh Randy Brown fight that second round like I thought he was tired and like once that fight came around and just Nico Price is just so easy to hit. I don't know. I feel like below is much, much more of a difficult puzzle for a person like Vicente to figure out. And I'm going to side with him. Obviously, I could ha- be eating crow because, you know, Vicente could finish anyone, right? Submission or um, with uh, with his hands. But I like below on this spot. I'm going to back him here. Um, but I'm waiting silk because, uh, you know, people are still betting uh, 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 Vicente. I'd love to get like a plus 175 on uh, below and uh, I'm gonna be waiting, but I'll, I'm definitely gonna be backing him uh, on the money money line.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of good points being made. I mean, uh, you know, listening to Ozzy's thoughts, I mean, I, I definitely uh, agree with a lot of them, and I think I see the ball angle uh, more so than I did just from my original opinion. Um, so, first off, the Ramadan thing it, it is weird. I really don't think that he's weighing in and not rehydrating for. 8 to 10 hours. I mean, that would be that would be ridiculous. That would be dangerous. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I would hope the guy makes an exception and, and fucking starts refueling before that. Um, so, uh, I don't think Khabib and Islam and them fight during Ramadan ever. I don't think they've ever done that. Um, so, maybe Bilal is just don't, built different. Maybe Bilal is... He he's done, he has done it before. He said oh he several has, fights,
1: you know. He took a few fights, but like the first his his UFC several debut fights against
0: during Ramadan. So, um, I don't think that's a real like factor you have to be worried about for Bilal here personally. Um like I don't think he's I don't think he's losing the fight because of Ramadan honestly. Um but you know the first fight Bilal gets caught with a, a picture perfect left hook you know while he's throwing like a leg kick and he gets dropped hard and um we really haven't seen Bilal hurt that badly since. I mean I think Jeff Neal hit him a few times and dropped him. Like you said Lyman Good hit him. But the guy has been notoriously durable honestly. Like he he's Really hard to finish, uh, hard to even hurt. I mean, the guy has, has a blockhead uh, and, you know, just super resilient. And I, I think that, um, you know, the, the Luque fight the first time, I mean, I definitely don't think that he knocks uh, Bilal out. You know, ten times out of ten, obviously. I, I mean, it happened the first fight in ninety seconds, but we could see this down the line. Be uh, that that outcome might have been an extreme outlier uh, after we see this fight this weekend. So, I mean, Bilal it seems to be coming into his own right now. I mean, I think Bilal is definitely at his all time best. While Vincente is is weird, man. I mean, I feel like he he varies a lot fight to fight. Some fights, he looks really good. Some fights, uh, you know, he's dropping off. I mean, I think the past few years we've been seeing like hot and cold from uh, Vincente, obviously going life and death with Barbarina and Mike Perry and even Nico Price, um, had, a you know, some close moments versus Chiesa. Obviously got taken down earlier there, but recovered really well. So, I mean, the guy is never winning fights very clearly and easily. I mean, I'd say Randy Brown is the, the easiest win he's had in the past few years. And even that wasn't, you know, one-way traffic. Um, so, now, Vincente is the much more dangerous striker. He hits harder. He hurts guys. Bilal does not have power on the feet. He does not hurt people with strikes. So, the striking is going to favor Luque here, you know, pretty heavily. But I really don't think that Bilal is going to go down easy here. I think he's going to uh, be you know, sticking around at, at striking range. And if he gets hurt with the hard shot, then he's going to start wrestling really hard. He's going to get the fight to the cage. It is the small cage, so he's going to have a little easier time getting uh, Luque pinned against the cage. Uh, and I think that Bilal definitely has the ability to take Vincente down. It's just a matter of uh, how long will he keep him down. Is Vincente going to get one of those nasty front chokes that he has? And there was a moment versus uh, Wonder Boy where Bilal shoots a takedown. He kind of gets stalled out against the cage and his neck gets left out of there a little bit. And Wonder Boy has like a half ass guillotine attempt. But it does make Bilal, you know, go to his back and give up the position and end on bottom. So that is worth noting that if we see Bilal really try hard for those takedowns, like say uh, Luke lands a hard punch maybe wobbles below a little bit we see below go really hard for a takedown watch that neck because if he leaves that neck out there we've seen it time and time again that luke's front jokes are nasty so it's definitely possible that luke could catch him with one of those but i mean i could see also Bilal just hitting a takedown and being conservative on top keeping that position i mean uh Michael Chiesa had all the ability in the world to beat Vincente Luque that night, but he just got so wild and overzealous with his positions and going for a rear naked choke with no hooks in. If Bilal has a more conservative approach like he did against Wonderboy, just hold him up against the cage, control him, win rounds. Don't go for any crazy submissions or back takes. I mean, Bilal is really capable of banking these rounds with that grappling control. Uh, And I think the later the fight goes, it's going to favor Bilal. Uh, I definitely agree with Ozzy's points about Luke being the most dangerous uh, in the first two rounds. And then the third round gets dicey. I mean, the Barbarina fight, the Perry fight, those fights, uh, the Nico Price fight, all those fights made it into the third round and all of them were really close. I mean, they were all 1-1 on the scorecards, maybe even 2-0. One judge had Nico Price up 2-0. So, I mean, Luque is in closer fights with worse fighters than Bilal, um, he struggles with wrestlers consistently throughout his career so i th- i do think is going to be the side here i mean luke if you're taking luke take him by knockout right i mean if he i really don't think that luke is winning 3 out of 5 rounds here i mean i i think that i mean you, you probably agree with that too ozzy right i mean it it seems quite hard to imagine luke <laughs> winning 3 out of 5 rounds i mean he if he's winning I don't, rounds, man I, I, go ahead no, I, I was just looking, Uh, just, you know, um, a prop.
1: You know, you were mentioning to Bilal four or five, this is, man, Bilal for round four, round five, uh, they're almost like 30 to one. It's 36 to one on FanDuel for uh, round five finish, 32 to one for round four finish. That's I'm going to take yeah. this because I really feel if Luke gets stuck on his back in round four or five and Bilal has gas left, is a high chance he could finish Luke just because I feel like there's. C- could be you know it's a main event fight you know I it's gonna be back and forth so i do see potential for luke like having a big round like round one round two round whichever is hurting below putting them on skates maybe but maybe like you know uh, uh draining that gas tank and then we see a comeback uh victory for below so i'm gonna have some of those late props yeah. for good, sure good but yeah i mean the the fight not going the distance, you know, is you got to lay a little bit of juice. I don't love that, but I just feel below is just I, I, like Luke inside the distance, plus 120 below, or uh, the fight just overall not to go the distance, minus 150, 135 some places. This line is the line tells me for for me that below is the right side. Okay?
0: Yeah, I mean, that that only gives below like a 10% chance of finishing according to the line, right in a five round fight. Yeah, that's all. And and uh, and Belal decision only minus 125 on DraftKings. I mean, I think if this Oof, fight goes to the five rounds, that. it's got to be 60 65% for Belal minimum. So, um yeah, I'm I'm in agreement here with with you on Bilal. Uh, you know, I definitely think you've increased my conviction in it, and uh, I like Bilal four or five decision, uh law decision only, and those late four or five props, like you said. So I guess we're going with uh, remember the name to pull off the upset in the main event here. V- Vincente's,
1: uh record, Vincente's record in decisions, a sparkling two and five,
0: and one of those was a, 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 a nail biter against Mike Perry, right? Went, yeah, in a fight he got a loss
1: went over Mike Perry. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. So I like I think the below is the right side here.
0: All right. And that's gonna do it for this podcast. We got through all 14 fights. Now that is time for our best bet parlay of the week. What are we doing this? What, I'm going first. Okay. Being put yep. on the spot. I'll go. Hmm. Man, this is tough. I'll go with that starts round two in the Boudet Barnett fight
1: starts around to bidet barnett all right you can find that at a few books DraftKings, uh, FanDuel, uh fan bet online some of those so i was between taking i had three ones that i was gonna do it was either garcia uh kyle or below okay i'm gonna avoid below just because i know that fight is very contentious for a lot of people i'm gonna stick with the kyle side i just think overall the style here for kyle and uh, you know the the you know the matchup for him that he's gonna bring into this fight. I think uh, I think he's gonna be able to pull out a win here. And I'm super skeptical about Omar overall in the UFC. Like I think this is a a flame out Russian. I don't think like if you give him tough fights. And I think this is a process like a tough prospect fight for him. And I think that Kyle should be th- this should be flipped over. I think Kyle should be like minus 125 over uh, Omar. So let's go with that. So we'll go with. Uh, Omar or uh, Kyle and starts round two and the say? Boudet in the, Barnett, in the Barnett which fight? Comes out to right. plus two
0: eighty, minus one thirty-two for mine, plus one sixteen for Ozzy's, plus two eighty prop there. And that's gonna do it. Gonna um be. rough car, but we we got through it and still some interesting betting opportunities as always, and uh that's gonna do it for the podcast. So thank you for tuning in. Uh make sure you're liking, subscribing, following us on Twitter, and we'll see you before the next UFC car next week. Peace out, everyone.